What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It's your boy, Nick Nielsen, back with another episode of Fireside Yankees. And I'm joined with a very special guest today, Eli Fishman, who's in charge of media relations and is also one of the voices of the Somerset Patriots in AA. Eli, very happy to have you on the podcast this uh, today. We, we were able to meet last year when Ryan and I were invited by you to attend a Somerset game for like a Yankees creator night, um, which was an amazing time. Ryan and I still talk about it. Uh, hopefully we get to do that again this season. We're really excited for everything. Baseball's right around the corner. And before we dive into some topics today, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, man. We love you, Eli. We love you. We're big fans of your stuff, dude. You've been one thank of the you, best content you. creators for a while. You know your prospects and pipeline work like very few others do. And also, you're one of the young guns in the game, baby. We love to see baseball continue. We got to stick together. The young guys got to stick together. We got to help each other out. You know, you got my back, I got yours. That's how it works around here. But Eli, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is what what about the Yankees and the way that they've developed their farm system and have worked on building it out and adding more talent and depth at their lower levels, at the minor levels, through international signings? Why do you think that they put such an emphasis on that in recent years? Well, I think it comes down to a good farm system, good player development equals good players, equals more money, equals a better product on the field, and eventually equals a World Series. Um, I think it, it can be as simple as that. I think teams now in, in modern days are putting a lot more of an emphasis, a lot more resources, a lot more money, a lot more coaching um, into the farm system. And we've seen how much it, it's paid off for, for the Yankees and for all of baseball in general, especially since the early 2000s and all of the teams – you know, the, the rebuild process wasn't as big of, of a thing in old old time baseball. And, and now it is. You see what teams like the Astros have done. I mean, look at their player development and their scouting and what they've done over the past few years, going from three straight first overall draft picks to developing off those picks, developing off their international money and bringing a couple of World Series. So uh, it seems like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Guardians, so just so, the Rays, just so many other teams. The Braves and as well. The Braves and what they've done with these young prospects coming up. Um, there's just been it's great to see such an emphasis on the minors and such an emphasis on the development um, and you know the money that they put in, the money, the resources for the players. It's all great to see. And at the end of the day, I mean, you have a good farm system, you have top prospects. You're going to compete. You're going to have success at the big league level. If you develop players the right way, you're going to have trade bait um, on top of that. And, you know, you're going to save a lot of money when you have a guy under control for six or seven years, as opposed to signing a guy for millions and millions of dollars in free agency. It's it's easier and it's a lot more fun when you have, you know, the young guy, the young guns coming up Um, when when they're young, you know, you can develop them yourself. You can build a brand. So it's definitely been great to see. No, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I, and I feel like the Yankees front office has, especially in the past, I'd say, decade or so, really shifted towards saying, hey, we can just develop a lot of our guys and not have to be, not have to be that same, we're going to buy everyone and we're going to be that team. The Yankees have really prioritized developing young talent. And there's a couple of guys that I want to get your thoughts on and I want to hear who you believe could make a big leap this year. One of the guys that you know I'm a huge fan of and we've talked about a bit is Elijah Dunham who was an absolute beast for Somerset last season. And he's, it looks like he's starting this year at AAA. We got good word from one of Elijah's friends that he will be starting in AAA as far as he's aware. So what, what type of player do you think can make a leap like Elijah Dunham did this last season for Somerset? 
who can make a who can make a similar leap and, and kind of show up the way he did. Yeah. Break out a little bit. Hmm. That's 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 a tough question. There's, Put you on the spot right away, Eli. This outfield group that is you know working their way to the upper levels is very very talented. I mean, you look at the outfield last year in Dunham, Rosario, Lockridge, Blake Perkins, who just signed a big league deal with the Brewers. That was the outfield at the beginning of the year for Somerset. Throw in Michael Beltre as well there, who, who you know had some impressive time down the stretch. That's a, that's an impressive outfield group, and there's a lot of outfield depth on top of Dunham. And then you go look at the group that was in Hudson Valley to finish last season, Grant Richardson, Aldenis Sanchez, and then Jason Dominguez um, finished the year in Somerset, and so did Everson Pereira. Um, I mean – Pereira is 21 years old. I, I think he's still 21. Jason is, is 19 years old. Um, that's a young, talented group. Grant Richardson as well is a guy that came up to Hudson Valley, and he matched. I think he had five or six homers in his first week and a half um, in high A. So there's there's definitely a lot of guys. Um, I'm very excited. I'm sure we'll get into it, but I'm very excited to see Jason in a, in a full year, potentially in double A, if he does indeed start there after you know getting called up for the last week and then for the playoffs eventually – helping Somerset to, to get the Eastern League Championship. So so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, excited to see Jason Rosario. I don't know where he'll start as well, but he was a lot of fun to watch in Somerset last year. And uh, same thing with Dunham. Um, just, just a competitor, electric player to see him um, last year throughout the entirety of the year in Somerset. Just electric. That, that's all you can say about Elijah Dunham. I mean, he brings the fire when he when he steps onto the diamond. Um and maybe a little bit further out, but uh, Spencer Jones as well. I mean, the first-round pick, guy's gotten a lot of hype for, for very good reason considering what he's done at Vanderbilt, what he did in a little tad of his pro debut. He got a few games in the complex league and then had a few games. I, I you know tweeted him tweeted out a little bit during it, but I think he went um, a week straight where he hit a ball 106 miles per hour off the bat at least once in one of his games. And, you know, you see the numbers that he puts up, the exit velo, the homers – um, just everything about Spencer Jones, you got to be, you got to be excited about. So I'm excited to see him in his first full season. That's going to be a lot of fun. No, you, you hit the nail on the head and you know, the Yankees front office loves their boys that hit the ball hard. So seeing that Spencer Jones is one of the exit velocity Kings. He also has the hardest hit ball in college baseball history last season with what I think it was like 119.8 off the bat. Um, I didn't see that. I didn't know that. Andy. Yeah, the dude, the dude makes just, sense. Yeah, he just hits lasers, nothing yeah. but bombs, too. And his approach is fantastic at the plate as well. And one one guy I, I do also have my eye on, and he start he played last season in high A is uh, Anthony Gomez. Yeah, first uh, Anthony Garcia, excuse me, first baseman has an 80 grade raw power tool. I know he struggled with swings and misses uh, at high A. I believe he struck out 40 percent of the time, but he also walked 22 percent of the time. Do you think he's the guy that can make that jump to Somerset this season? I mean, anytime you talk about a guy that has 80 grade raw power, um, he's he's a three true three true outcome guy. So it's it's definitely tough to tough to project. But anyone with that power, you got to be excited for. You know, you always you always look at a player and what are his his raw his God given gifts that you can't teach. You can't teach 80 grade power. You can't teach what Anthony uh, Garcia has. So um, anytime you have a player like that, definitely excited for a lot of development work to be done um, as, as he gets up in the system, especially with, with that stri- those strikeout numbers. But, um, you know, a, a first baseman, uh, he's a massive guy. I don't know if he's, he's probably listed 6'7", 6'8". He's a, he's a big, big dude. 
Um, you so, have he Judge and Jones in the same lineup, and Stanton still will be there too in a couple of years. You just you can't you can't help but feel like that's just like nothing that's an offensive line. Yeah, that's, that's an a, offensive that's, line. That's the, tight ends. that's the New York package. Giants. That's the New York <laughs> Giants. The Giants. How about that win last night? Yeah, there we yeah. go. Love to see it, baby. <laughs> Finally. Finally, yeah, I know it's been way too long. What a decade since their last playoff win, which is the Super Bowl. So, or I guess at this point, eleven years now. Uh, crazy, we're in twenty twenty three. But no, I don't know, man. It's just something about the watching the minor league players develop that is one of my favorite parts of baseball. And for you, that gets to work so closely with a lot of these guys in Somerset. Do you notice that a lot of them kind of have that same goal, that same mentality, where it's like, look, I'm working to better myself and improve on the field and off the field. But also the major leagues is the penultimate goal or the ultimate goal, excuse me. And have you noticed that a lot of minor leaguers have that mentality? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, I think anyone would be lying to you if they said their ultimate goal wasn't to reach the big leagues. And that's what you're trying to do. You know, there's there's often that that discussion. Is it development or is it is it trying to win? Um, And what I believe and what the Yankees believe is that if you do both, you're doing it the right way. Uh, if you develop and you you know are performing, then you're going to win and you're going to win a championship, which is what Somerset did this, uh, this past season. So I think they go hand in hand in terms of you know getting to the big leagues and winning. Um, you know my goal is to make the big leagues and reach the big leagues as a broadcaster. So many people you know in the front office and the coaching staff, um, in the you know scouting and baseball operations department, your goal is to reach the big leagues. Um, and obviously you want to make an impact and, and win and have success on your way there. But a lot of it is about development um, and being the best every day uh, gets you to where you want to be. So that's what that's what you do in every aspect um, of the game when you're when you're trying to make it up to the show. And, you know, when guys do get called up, when they do make the big leagues in, in any capacity, whether it's a front office person or a player or a coach, um, it's obviously so exciting to, to see them reach their goals. And, you know, seeing Peraza and Cabrera, um, and a few of the coaches as well um, that were who were in the minors last season or um, get promoted to the big leagues last year was was definitely cool to you know get a taste of even in Somerset how close you are you're, you're you know you're you're right there you're almost at the big leagues right there baby no you're absolutely right and when when we joined you last summer in Somerset uh, Ryan and I were representing Fireside Yankees when we were there again thank you again for the invite amazing course of course, course. Um, one thing that I asked and I want to ask you and get your take on this because I asked Brandon Lockridge this when we had a Q&A with him was the Yankees have really shifted to a very sports tech based analytics department where it's like you have a lot of different technology now that you use to help like with swing plane to help with spin rate and RPMs on baseballs. Has that also transitioned down to the minor leagues as well? Like, is there a huge emphasis on being able to go back in the lab and look at your swings, look at film, look at opposing pitchers? Very much so. Um, and, you, you know, you talk about modern baseball, it's, it's getting to a point where if you're not doing that, you're, you're not doing it right. Um, so using those analytics, using the, the technology that they have, which is a lot and the, the millions of numbers that I can't even comprehend um, that they have, and you know, they use the blast motion sensors, and um, you know, all the all the cage technology that I really don't know how it works, and all these you know sayings that I still can't understand about um, spin and axis and hand speed and and all this crazy stuff. But if it works, it works, and um, you know, we're seeing that revolution in baseball. It works, so you know, it's definitely encouraging when whenever those kind of things are adapted into any capacity um, and the technology is just so advanced that obviously it's going to help you and help you become better. So 
Um, it's it's cool. I'm a little bit of an older school baseball guy myself. I'm kind. Of, I wouldn't say older school. I'm a little bit in between. All about the so, eye test. <laughs> so I'm a, I am a big I'm a very big old school eye test guy. Um, but you know everyone has the mentality. If you you know if you look back, you want to be able to say I did everything I possibly could with my resources in order to better myself. And using that technology, that's exactly what you do. You use every single possible resource that you have uh, in order to become the best baseball player possible. So it, it definitely helps, and it's definitely been paying off for baseball in general, but especially the Yankees system and the Yankees seeing what they've done. No, absolutely. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head. And now, Eli, I want to kind of leave the floor open for you here. Um, what, type, what, what prospects do you have your eye on this season? What guys are you excited, not just at Somerset, but perhaps across all levels in the minor leagues? Um, for me, I know I already said Dunham. And then I'm also a huge Roger Arias fan. I think he has the makings to be a star. But I want to hear, I want to leave the floor open to you here for a couple of minutes for you to be able to run through some guys that you think are going are gonna to gonna hit the lights out or, or pitch the lights out for the, uh, for the Yankees minor leagues this season. Well, there's almost 300 players in the Yankees farm system, so we could so be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We could go through the list and talk about them all. If you a three-hour-long fireside Yankees episode. I think it would be a little more than three hours. Um, but But seriously, like, Every year, guys show out that you don't expect. It's always the guys that that you know just lift the little bit more, put in a little bit extra work, had the had this adjustment during the off season that come out and they click. Um, and it's every year, you know, through spring training, you try and dig through, you try to ask people who are going to be those guys this season. Um, and it's always fun, you know, you know when you when you finally see those guys click at the beginning of of last year. Um, two guys that we got to see in Somerset, Will Warren and Carson Coleman were two pitchers that came in and you're almost like, you know, who are these guys? They, they just came out and they shoved. There's, there's so many guys. I mean, Dunham was a little bit of it last year. Austin Wells was obviously a top prospect, but what he did, Volpe's always been a stud. Um, but just seeing the way that he contributed last season and, and seeing it day in and day out in person. Um, but last year's draft class, I think, is, is special. I mean, it's usually the year before that draft class that kind of breaks out. We saw that with Warren, Trey Sweeney, Tyler Hardman, Cooper Bowman, who got traded to the A's, a few of those guys last year. Uh, Warren, too, from that draft class who broke out. Um, and last year's draft class, just from, from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen any of them in person, but it's been special. You talk about Spencer Jones, two other position players I'm excited for, Anthony Hall and Brett Barrera, uh, Stanford and, and Oregon. And then in the pitching department, I mean, they got, they got some dogs. Tristan Vreeling was their, uh, their third-round pick out of Gonzaga. And then Drew Thorpe was was their second round pick out of Cal Poly, and then they have a whole list of, of other you know college pitchers. They drafted four guys that were six seven plus, um, and a lot of guys that are getting up towards 100 miles per hour. So that's a really special group. Thorpe Reeling um, are two pitchers I'm really excited about. Really excited to see um, Spencer Jones. Obviously, I'm insanely excited to hopefully see at some point. And then another guy I'm gonna I'm gonna you know. Probably talk for a little bit. My this apologies. This is awesome. But, but um, we never got to see Brendan Beck, the, the second round pick back in uh, 2021 because he underwent Tommy John surgery. And it's usually those guys. It's that, those guys that like had an injury, got held back a little bit. I mean, we saw it with Andres Gomez, who had a big year this season. Uh, TJ Sikama as well, who got traded to the Royals. Same thing with Will Warren. He didn't pitch uh, in 2021 after he was drafted. Um, and now he's, he's got an opportunity and he shoved this year. And he was one of those breakout guys. I kind of got a little got a little hunch that it's going to be Brendan Beck coming back from Tommy John surgery. 
Um, I don't know how, I don't know his exact progress. I don't honestly don't know if he's going to be ready at the beginning of the season, but you know, before he got Tommy John surgery, there was so much talk about how he's going to be a guy that's going to fly through the system and, you know, could be pretty high making when he makes his pro debut. So, um, you know, another Stanford guy, another, another guy who was a top prospect. So that's going to be exciting. Um, and that group of pitchers that's right at that high, high A, double A level right now, especially Richard Fitz, who came in from um, low A to high A at the end of the year and was lights out, uh, you know, two, it was two or three weeks in a row, I think, where he was the South Atlantic League pitcher of the week, uh, just put up some insane numbers. Um, and, and overall, that was really impressive. There's, there's a few other guys that were, were in low A that we didn't necessarily get to see a ton of, um, who I'm really excited for. Clayton Beater had a huge year last year after coming over in that Joey Gallo trade. He's a stud, yeah, he's um, a and that's going to be a lot of fun now, to watch. Wouldn't you say, like in the org- yes. organization? Yeah, I don't know where um, some of the publications exactly have him, but he's he's a top 10 prospect. He's a beast. Um, and uh, Yoandres Gomez as well is a guy I'm super excited to see. We've I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg. He was a little, you know, la- not – not lacking. He was, he was a little bit behind because obviously missing the year of 2020 in development, he only threw, I think it was 27, 28 innings in 2021 before we had Tommy John surgery or uh, elbow surgery. And then coming back um, towards the end of last year to get some reps with, with Hudson Valley and with Somerset. And then he looked pretty good. Um, he, he dealt. So that's fun. And now he's going to have a whole year of development, a guy that's on the 40 men roster. Um, so keep an eye on him. And then Luis Serna is a, is a right-handed pitcher who was in the complex league last oh. year. As an 18-year-old, he led the league in a lot of a lot of uh, categories. So um, he's going to be 19 years old this season. Or no, he's going to be 18. He was 17 last year in the complex league. He's going to be 18 years old this year, potentially going a full season ball. Which anytime you got an 18-year-old pitcher who put up the numbers that he did as a 17-year-old in rookie ball, who's going to be in full season ball as an 18-year-old, um, that's something special. That's exciting. Omar Gonzalez was a pitcher who was in the DSL last year, who's going to be um, probably stateside this year i would assume and then i mentioned carson coleman um um, matt minnick is another pitcher josh macieski are a couple guys who were in the bullpen in somerset last year edgar barclay was a is a lefty who uh was in high a last year put up like a 174 era with opponents hitting 150 off of them um kind of he gets a lot of nestor cortez comps drops down a little bit mixes up um you know the delivery does a little leg kick when, when he needs to um, crazy two seam that, that just zips, um, a guy one time when I was in Hudson Valley last year, Barkley threw a two seam fastball into a lefty and the guy completely swung at it and, uh, hit him in the back of the head. Oh, oh. It just, just filthy. Um, well, that's so Barkley's a guy, so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure, but, uh, but Barkley, he's, he's definitely a special talent. Um, he was in high last year, so might be making that jump this year. And um, let's see who else. I've been on the Greg Weiser train for, for nice quite ball. some time. So, you know, he got a little cup of coffee in the big leagues last year. But um, I've been saying it for a couple of years. Greg Weiser is a, is a breakout guy. So, obviously, we would assume that's going to be at the big league level this year. But uh, people got to keep an eye on Greg Weiser. No, that, that, look at that. that. That's what we want to hear. We got Eli Fishman's seal of approval for all these guys that you just listed off. And, and I'm excited to watch everyone. A lot more. I got a lot more. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what we love about you, Eli. You're like a, you're like a baseball almanac. You know so much about prospects that that's why I had to have you come on the show. We had to get the GOAT himself talking about the prospect development in the Yankees farm. 
And one thing I do also want to mention too is, do you think Anthony Siegler will be getting the uh, starting role at catcher next season if Wells is up at AAA? I'm not sure. Um, I could even guess, especially because there's so much so much catching depth. Yeah. Especially yeah. you're gonna see, and you're when gonna see a lot of non-rosters in the Yankees farm. Absolutely, and you got a lot of guys. You got Wells. You got Bro. Uh, you got Antonio Gomez behind him. Um, Rodolfo Duran just re-signed to a minor league deal, and especially what teams do right before camp is they're gonna sign you know, four or five guys to non-roster invites and anywhere from one to five of them are going to get, you know, actually signed for the season and potentially be in AAA as depth, knock people down to AA and that has the whole effect on the system. Could you see guys going back to, uh, back to low A? There's, there's definitely a lot of catching depth. So that's going to be interesting, but um, especially those, those two guys at the top in Bro and Wells, um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see and watch and same thing with Siegler. Awesome stuff, man. One last thing I wanted to get your input on is I am a, you know, you know, my favorite Yankee currently is Ron Marinaccio, Ron the Dawn of the bullpen. You got to watch him pitch, correct? Because he spent some time yes. at Double A Somerset. Quite a bit, quite a bit, quite a bit. Now, what, what are your thoughts on Ron the Dawn? Is he not one? Is he not the best? Is he not the best? He's the best. Great dude. Um, was so much fun watching him in, in 2021 in Somerset. Got to see him a little bit uh, last year on a rehab um, there as well. Uh, I saw Ron pitch in the Gulf Coast League in his rookie year. I want to say it was 2017, right after he was drafted out of the out of Delaware. Um, so he was one of the first guys that it's like I saw him when he was, you know, freshly drafted on the Complex League backfield. So seeing him make the opening day roster last year and seeing the success he's had at the big league level has been awesome because, you know, that's a guy that I covered from the beginning, a guy that I've, I've you know, talked to since I was 14, 15 years old. Um, so... Ron is a, a special player. Seeing the breakout year that he had in 2021 in Somerset was was just so special. Um, seeing him dice up the dice up guys the way that he does, and another guy you saw it last year what he did in the bullpen. That's just the tip of the iceberg for Marinaccio. His changeup, dude, it's 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 it's, it's disgusting. It's a, it's, it's disgusting. It's like a screwball. It's like I don't know how you throw that. And having he paired with Tommy Canley on the majors this season with Wandy's changeup as well. It should be probably the greatest change-up trio we will ever see in pinstripes. Um, but, Eli, are there any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Any projections or predictions or something that you just want to share with the people? That's tough. That's a tough cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> keep an eye on Somerset this year. Tune into the broadcast. Follow him on social media. Follow me on social media. Um, um, but, yeah, especially Somerset is going to be a lot of fun. Come out to the ballpark. Uh, support. Um, it's going to be a special group this year throughout the course of the year. I mean, I talked about that outfield a little bit that, that, that they're going to have. You got Fitz, you got potentially guys like Peter Warren coming back, a lot of that championship squad. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a very fun year. So very much looking forward to this season with all the, all the special talents in the farm. Well, that's, I think that's a great point to end on. So Eli, thank you so much again for joining me this episode. This is a blast. We hopefully are going to have you join us again throughout the season a couple of times which I think would be a great idea. I mean, you're, you're a man of knowledge and a man of the people as well. So we appreciate you taking some time out of your day as well to join us. And with Fireside Yankees, I'm Nick Nielsen, ESM, of course. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. If you think Eli is right about the 37 million players he listed off, tell us in the comments. If you think he's wrong, list every single player he listed and tell us why. Um, but we always appreciate the support. You know where to find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Follow Eli, as he mentioned, as well on those. I don't know if you have a TikTok, Eli. Do you have a TikTok? Working on it. Well, once you once he gets it, you got to follow Eli on TikTok as well. But support the show, so support the socials, and support the young guns in the game. 
like I said at the beginning of the episode, love to see so many young studs continue to grow in baseball. And you see baseball shifting more toward the youth. And they're having a lot of guys like Eli make their name and make their mark. And like Eli said, you were able to rise with Ron Marinaccio. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's like a dream of mine. So you're living out so many people's dreams, Eli. Keep up the great work, my man. And with Fireside Yankees, appreciate you guys as always. Peace. Later. Adios.